Roxo Media House. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. Everybody, and welcome to Rangers Today Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 66. Today, Texas Rangers catching coordinator Bobby Wilson and former catcher for the Texas yeah, Rangers. Yeah. Bobby Wilson's going to join us from his home in, Ta- well, in Tampa. Um, he, that's where he's from. We'll get to him in a little bit. We are going to go in the big leagues right now. And if we're going to go in the big leagues, look, we've got to find mm. any news that's happening with the Rangers. And that's what we've got to go yeah. with. And the rumors and everything going on right now are about this guy, uh, Brian Reynolds and the Pirates, and whether or not the Pirates are going to move him. Yeah. Um, and whether or not, if they are, it seems to be word around some of the big names out there that the Rangers are in. You've heard of some things. I yeah. actually got a trade together, and I'll talk about it okay. in a little bit with a guy from Pittsburgh. But go ahead. So what are you hearing? Well, all right. So um, I wrote this at rangerstoday.com. That was good, by the way. Which is five ninety nine a month, $60 a year. You yep. need to subscribe. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel by pushing that handy little button right there. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, uh, it's Friday, and and you know things are things are fluid. You know this is a this is you know you negotiate contracts with free agents. You negotiate <laughs> you negotiate with teams. This is right. a negotiation, and, exactly. And, and things could change it in a moment's notice. So by the time this thing changes, this information that I have might be might be old, and you know have more egg in my face than I've had this off season already. But uh, you know shit changes because they are not signing Navaldi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the well, one I got. <laughs> yeah, well we you know I. You know, Martin Perez, uh, you know, uh, we we did a show where I'm telling you, he, you know. He's it, going somewhere he, else. He was going somewhere else. Yep. And it's not like I just pulled it out of thin air. No, you know, no. They, you, you, you and, had some and, and, But then, you know, two days later, things changed. But anyway. Yep, exactly. Uh, no big deal. Um, <laughs> so the, the latest I'm hearing is that the Rangers are not expecting and they don't they don't really even think it's it's probable that they get Brian Reynolds. Reynolds. You know, the ask is a lot. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it seems like while the pirates have them, they aren't necessarily motivated to move them. I think the pirates are waiting to be just floored by an offer that hasn't happened yet. And, you know, um, it's, it's just kind of a, a, an interesting situation. The Rangers need a left fielder. Mm -hmm. There are other ones out there who they are trying to, to see if it could be available via trade. They, they're they not, as of this moment, enamored with what's remaining free agency-wise. Uh, you know, Jerks and Profar, Trey Mancini, I guess, are the big names out there. Right. Um, you know, if, if you kind of look at, at, if you're a believer in war. Yes. And you look at, at their war, you know, the, the Rangers think, the Rangers think they can probably cobble something together with their internal candidates. Right. That could be a one and a half to a two and a half war, whether it be Bubba Thompson, Josh Smith, uh, you know Brad Miller, Miller, yeah, in, in some way, shape, or form, a, a platoon like that. So that that is also on the table. Uh, obviously, it's it's uh, at the kid table right now. Duran, who played yeah, outfield sure, all sure, winter, sure. So, <clears throat> but anyway, as of this moment, the Pirates and the Rangers don't have a deal, and it doesn't look like they're going to get one. But again, it can change. But you know. I, I think the, the price, you the put price, it with one text or a phone call. Yeah, the price, the price is too much. So, um, 
you know, and I'd, I'd propose a trade in the Sunday read. Yep. Um, you had and, auto. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it, it's a five player deal. I also had the pirates, including their, uh, reliever, of, uh, what's his name? Will Bedmar. Yeah. Um, you know, cause the Rangers need some bullpen help, but, um, anyway, it was, it was, uh, Owen White, Dustin Harris, uh, two top 10 prospects, White, a lot of people think is the Rangers best pitching prospect. Um, then I think I had Otto Smith and Bubba Thompson. So, right. you know, give, give the Pirates something to uh, stick in the rotation right now. Give the Pirates something to stick in the center field right now. Right now. Um, you know, maybe they, they obviously have a, a, a tremendous shortstop, good third baseman. Their second baseman's not bad either. So, right. you know, but, you know, sprinkle Josh Smith in there. Right. Uh, sprinkle him into the, into the center field and left field mix. And, uh, you know, not a terrible trade for them, but, you know, um, and and the Rangers would be giving up quite a bit. Sure. So I, I just think that, that that's kind of my idea, you know. And and you kind of look at the position player trades lately. You know, everybody's like, well, Juan Soto. You know, it's it it's two entirely different scenarios. At the t- at the time, you know, it you know the the timing of the trade. You know, you have teams who are desperate and in win now mode and want to get a guy that's going to get them over the hump. So you pay a little more. Right now, you know, look. Brian Reynolds, after the trade deadline, all his value is going to do is is decline. Yeah. And right now, right now, you can make a very good case that this is his, the the highest he's going to have. You know, right now, right, and, and and really, he's not coming off a great season. You know, and and two point nine war last know, year compared to twenty twenty one, he was very 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 good. And right you now, he's he's not he again he's a nice player, um, but I don't I don't know that the Rangers want to shell that out. You know, if you you don't want to trade. Do you want to trade Evan Carter? No. Mm, maybe not. You know, that's, did, my, that's my only untouchable. Okay. You know, do you want to trade two two of your top starters? You know, because you, you look at the rotation, you're like, oh, well, they've got they've got uh, DeGrom for five and, and John Gray for three more years and Evaldi for two. And all right, great. But then they have, they have three, you know, two other starters around one-year deals. Right. You know. And, well, and, Haney has an opt-out. Right. But you, know, you, you look at it like he is going to opt. Sure. You know, if he has a great year, which the Rangers are hoping. You're hoping he does. You hope he opts out because that means he had a great year. Sure. So you you got to replace those guys. Right. And with all the money you have committed, you you really need it to be, you know, it would really help the cause if it's a prospect. Yeah. So um, it's not just for right now. You know, a, a team, the Rangers are looking at contending this year, but I think they understand. They've got to build from within too. They, but they won 68 games last year. Right. And the Phillies made the playoffs in the National League, winning 87. So if the floor is 87, the Rangers have to improve by 19 games. Sure. That's a lot. You know, they improved by eight last year after all that they did. So, you know, I, I just think that that asking. And again, expecting, the Mets. Sure. Hey, you know, expecting a team to. Expecting it is one thing. You, know, sure. you have to be realistic. And right. It's entirely possible. I mean, you know, the Braves and the Twins, worst to first, all this stuff back Absolutely. in the 90s. But, um, Anyway, there, there, there's more at play than just 2023. So I had an interesting little thing, and it kind of blew up last night on there. Uh, but So Craig Toth hosts a, a podcast in, uh, in Pittsburgh called Bucks in the Basement. Big, big, uh, big fan of the Pirates. Well, the reason I even found him 
uh, is because a couple years ago, it was the winter of 21, going into the 21 season, um, the Rangers were looking to move Lance Lynn. They had not moved him at the trade deadline in 20, remember, coming yep. into that offseason. And I got approached by these guys from Sox in the basement. The Chicago White Sox wanted Lance Lynn. And they they, got a, they approached me and said, hey, do you want to come on our podcast? This was back when you were at the old place. I was at the old place. Let's work out a deal for Lance Lynn. So I studied their system. I said, let's do it. I went on there, and my initial offer right off the bat, I'm still proud of this. I said, I want Dane Dunning for Lance Lynn because the value for Lynn had gone down. Um, he was They were only going to have yeah. one year of him, or they were going to have to try to extend him. Um, they balked at that and said no. And I forget <laughs> where we ended up. We ended up with uh, – uh, I want you know some AAA pitcher in a in a minor league shortstop or something that was way down below, but they were not going to do Lance Lynn. Turns out it was it was uh, Dane Dunning and Avery Weems that right. ended up coming. So right. I was proud of that. Through them, I saw Bucks in the basement. So I reached out to Craig. I said, Hey, how about you and I get together and let's try to work? We were on DMs. I said, Let's try to work a trade together. And and I knew we might could do something fun when his first response is. I don't want him to trade Reynolds, but he goes, I got to be honest with you, the way they did him and what, and what, what I'm hearing now, it kind of looks like it. So I've been doing a deep dive into the Rangers, the Mm -hmm. Yankees and a couple other teams that have been linked, the Braves, I think, and others have linked. And I said, okay, right away, tell me, what do you want? What are you going to want? And I knew we might have an idea when he said, there's only one guy that has to be in it or I won't do it. And he said, that's Owen White. So I said, okay. Interesting. That, that's interesting. I said, yeah. okay, well, th- that works. And I said, who else? Then he laid out three or four names. And he said, uh, I think one of them was Harris, Carter, Foscu, and maybe Duran. Okay. And I looked at those four and I went, wow, okay, we might could do something here. He goes, I'm going to need one of these two. And I said, Dustin Foscu is kind of blocked here. Yes, he can move to the outfield. You and I both like Dustin. He's been on Justin. Tour. Justin. 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 Uh, Dustin Harris. Yeah. Uh, Justin Foscu. But I also know that I've heard the Pirates also were kind of looking for someone that could play first base. The the rest of their infield's pretty set. They got a freak of a shortstop, six foot seven, sure. uh, and Kebron Hayes over at third. I mean, they they've got a good infield. So I thought, you know, Foscue, if I can get away with Foscue's kind of blocked here. Yeah. Um, he could move to the outfield though. You and I've talked about that, um, and he's a good bat. Mm-hmm. So Foscue was there. So I said, all right, well if that's it, let, let me. I offered this. I went. I said, okay, so let's go White, Foscu. I offered Dane Dunning okay. and Mitch Bratt. That, that's what I offered. Okay. And he goes, he was out on Dunning. He, okay. goes, I, he goes, look, obviously if we're trading Brian Reynolds, he goes, I want prospects because we're, we're kind of semi-blowing this thing up. We're trying to build. And I don't, I'm not looking for – I don't need anybody that can start in rotation right now. We just need some young arms or whatever. And I said, okay. So then I'm like uh, – he goes, but I'll take Bratt. And I said, okay. So I've got Brat, Dunning, and Foscue. I mean, White and Foscue. That's mm-hmm. what I've got in it. So I started looking at another pitcher. I, I didn't want to go to Wynn. I didn't want to go to, you know, I think Wynn's still got a chance. I, I'm not going to go to Leiter, obviously, not Rocker or Porter. So Zach Kent was my guy that I kind of narrowed in on Zach Kent. I didn't want to go Reagan's. I still think Reagan's got something there. He's going to help one way or the other. Um, Zach Kent, and I knew if he looked up Zach, so I, I sent it to him. He was very silent for a while, huh. and he looked reading it, and I said, uh-oh, there might be another team involved. So, you know, I don't know what's going on here. And he came back. He goes, I'll take Kent. I said, so we got a deal. He goes, we got a deal. So when I announced it, it clearly said 
Bucks in the basement, and yeah. it said the, have brokered a deal. You know, I, I thought we'd have some fun with it. Pending physicals and GM approval was even what I said too. Mm-hmm. Um, there, man, we had so many people <laughs> that thought it was real. And then I was going to say, dude, this is two podcasts just having fun yeah. and all of that. What do you think of that? So um, you got White, White Foskey, Zach Kent. Now, this is a guy that's a fan of the Pirates that said, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they want arms, that's. That's some arms. Yeah. It clears up two 40-man spots. Yep. Which, you know, is a big deal. The Rangers have. Is there another deal from another team that's going to beat that right now? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, the the, Yan- the Yankees can can probably come up with something, um, but I don't. I don't know. You know, um, it just, but beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You know, I mean, do these guys right? You know, what what? How do they fit an organization? Do they fit an organization's profile of what they would want their pitchers to do and stuff like that? But from a talent perspective, I mean, the Rangers would be giving up two. Top ten prospects. Yep. Um, Two really good arms too. Kent, that are Kent, who's probably you know, I would I would put him in the like the six through twelve and Rangers pitchers. Right. Probably him and Brat both like the second tier. Like Brat's young. He's he's he's, yeah, not he's gonna... young. He throws a lot of strikes. Right. You know, left hander. Right. But um, I mean, yeah, I would. I, I think the Rangers would be comfortable with that. I mean, I they really like Foskey though. They really like Foscu. So, I mean, they really like Owen White, too. Don't get me wrong. But, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they like all their guys, but yeah, you're going to have to give some up. Look, some of the proposed trades are ludicrous on both sides. The Rangers aren't going to get him for, like, Dunning, Otto, and Duran. They're not going to get Reynolds yeah, today. They're going to yeah. di- dive into that nice system. Yeah, you know, and that, that's another thing, too. You know, what, what do you, you – you see, like, you know, the Pirates, oh, well, we'll take one, two, and three. And the Rangers are like, oh, why don't you take uh, these guys who have no future with the team? So, you know, you do have to – and, you know, there is some of that. I mean, it's not like it's not like Duran and Smith are lousy players. I mean, no. they were top ten prospects last season. You exactly. Know? And, and they have some major league time under their belt. They're developing players. But, you know, if they're close to major league ready, and if that's what the Pirates want, then – then it would be handy to have one of those guys. But, um, you know, the trade that I proposed um, cleared up some 40-man <clears throat> spots mm-hmm. so that the Rangers could could still add this offseason. They would have a little more flexibility uh, during the season. Because I, I, right now, I think there are six or seven spots that are on the 40-man that are for prospects who may not even play this year. Right. So if that's the case, let's say it's seven, you have seven spots, you know, your 26-man active roster. That gives you seven spots to juggle the rest of the season. And, you know, you figured you want a bunch of relievers and some starters on the 40-man. Well, you probably need a couple position players on the 40-man too but for injuries and whatnot. So right. it's not like there's a ton of, of roster flexibility so trading a couple of those guys on the 40, a couple of 40-man prospects yep. would, would would really help the team for 2023. Um, and look, you know, don't get me wrong. Brian Reynolds obviously would be here for three years. Yes, and and they could probably yeah. hammer – they might can hammer out a deal. And, and so, you know, he would be part of a, long, a long-term a long plan too. But um, just – I just – right now, something something else has got to shake loose. Something's got to shake loose because I, I, I just think the Rangers aren't – aren't interested in going where the pirates 
Potent- I, potentially want them, and to they go. shouldn't. And yeah. and the pirates are right to ask for the world, but they're not. <coughs> Excuse me. The thing is, is I don't think they're eager to move him. Um, they didn't. They didn't sign him to a reasonable extension. They offered it. He, it was kind of insulting to him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Twelve but, million a year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was insulting. So he's not happy. But not happy means nothing when you're under control for three years. Yeah. I mean, you can be as mad as you want. You just won't talk to the GM when he's around. Right. Because you can be mad because he's not stupid. He's not just going to say, oh, well, well, you're unhappy. I'm going to get rid of you. Yeah. You know, Dane well, Dunning the, straight up. Let's and, go. And, you the know. Pl- and the player still needs to go out and perform. You know, exactly. You to increase his value and the, ch- the chances that he gets traded at the exactly. deadline or, or next offseason. And, again, it could happen this offseason. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know much about Brian Reynolds, but – I don't think he's the type of guy who's going to be a clubhouse distraction or anything like that. You know, he's right. going to go and do his job. And uh, I think he likes Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, that, that's I mean, why he's Pitt, probably insulted. There's I mean, a lot he, of reasons like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh's not a bad town, man. No. Uh, so, anyway, <clears throat> but I don't know, you know, again. Uh, let's look at some of the trades some people. Okay. I, I said, let's, let's, here's one. You, you can just say yay or nay that it wouldn't okay. happen. This was obviously a no. Um, Carter, White, Leiter, and Tavares. No. Rangers are no way are on that. <laughs> no. Right. No, no. they're not going to do that. Uh, that was uh, who did, Anthony uh, Franco. Um, oh, wait. No, that's – let's see here. No. Just, here we go. We got Bruce Basher. He said, Reynolds for Dunning, Duran, Harris, Wynn, and Zavala. Uh, that's a good I, haul. I don't know if, I don't know I don't know if the Rangers want to trade both Zavala and Harris. And I think the Pirates are going to – Zavala is hurt, so that might – you know, and he's got that – that lingering thing from the from the uh, draft that apparently isn't a big deal at all. Um, so I don't I don't know if the Pirates might balk at that. I think at, the Pirates the, the Pirates are going to want one of the top three prospects. They're going to want that lighter White or Carter. Someone up there is going to probably have yeah. to be in there. Um, so I, I I I just and I think rightly so. One of those three or four up the top five. One of those guys in the top sure. five is probably going to have to headline it. Sure. Um, Otto Leiter, Foskey, Wynn, and Harris for Reynolds and Bednar. That's Hook'em, nine, Hook 948. Read those again. Otto Leiter, Foskey, Wynn, Harris for Reynolds and Bednar. Well, that's that's basically, uh, you know, I don't know what people think of Cole Wynn, but um, that's four top ten prospects. Yep. Um, so I don't know. That might Bednar, be that. not bad. Yeah, he, he, he had a – he saved a – he had a really good first half last year and then uh, got hurt and lost some velocity and wasn't as good. So, right. But he's you know controllable for the next thousand years. You know, he's, I think he has more control than Reynolds. Um, but, you know, do you worry about shoulder injuries you worry about? Yeah. So, but he'd probably fit in to the bullpen somewhere. Um I don't know. That one that one's that one's tough. I, I I think four top ten prospects is a little heavy. Matthew Allen, this isn't a bad one. Uh Leiter, Dustin Harris, Lewis Annual, uh Acuna, and Sam Huff. No. Nope. I don't think the Rangers are on that at all. No, and I don't think the I don't think the Reno, know, the, the Pirates the Pirates don't really need Acuna because they have O'Neal they got a great Cruz. infield, right? And then uh, Hay- <clears throat> Hayes at, at uh, third base. Third is good. Acuna uh, could come in and be a second baseman, but their second baseman has uh, power. You yeah, know, he hasn't he hasn't had a full season yet, but right. uh, he he hits a lot of home runs. Um, and uh, you know, 
Yeah, so I, I don't know that I don't know if the Pirates would want that trade. Maybe not. All right, last couple here. So you've got like a Brandon Cook says Duran Acuna win and Zavala. Um, I don't know that the Pirates would be in on that. Probably not enough. Not enough. Uh, this is Luke. Uh, he says uh, Owen White, Acuna, Harris, Dunning, Ricky Venasco for Reynolds and Bednar. Everybody's yeah. throwing in Bednar. Yeah. So, well, I mean Bednar would be a, a nice a nice addition to the right. bullpen. I I, I kind of like that one. And then the last one I'll do is uh, Zach Nelson, who said Duran, Foscue, Huff, White, and Tavares for Reynolds. That's too much by the Rangers. Same again. Duran, Foscue, Huff, White, and Tavares. Tavares is going to be the Well, and there's only one pitcher. The Pirates, the indication is the Pirates want more pitchers. I like his thinking here. Sure. But, and, and he's, he's understanding yeah. you've got to give up some stuff yeah. to get something. But, like, but yeah, the know, Pirates. On the, on, the, on the catching end, you know, the, the, the Pirates who had the first pick in 2021. Yeah, their top prospect is. So, Henry uh, Davis. Yep. Uh, I think that's his name. And um, from, from Louisville. And. I, I don't. He's their top prospect. Too. Yeah, and I don't. I don't. You know, Huff and him. You know, yeah. and he was a college, polished college guy, so he's probably going to be quick to get here. I think he's close to getting the big leagues so, now. You know, there. You know, you got to look a little deeper. And uh, I mean, you know, Huff. I. You know, we're going to have Bobby Wilson on. Bobby Wilson loves Huff, and yep. the Rangers love Huff, and uh, <clears throat> yes. they don't have a spot for him now. But you know, Mitch Garver is going to be a free agent after this season. Sure. So there's a there's a spot. So. um I don't. I don't know that they w- would do that. But anyway, you know, one, one other thought I had on this whole thing, um, out, outside of the Soto deal, you know, that you look at the two trade deadline deals that were big. The Mariners got Castillo, right, and and then you know the Padres getting Soto. Um, I don't know, you know, the, a lot of big name prospects. Yes, cha- changed hands in that trade, and I in those trades, and I get them, but you know, you kind of look at the timing of them too. Again, teams trying to go go for it, so you pay a little more because you have a lot of competition. Right, you have a smaller window to to think these things out, and you know, I mean, the Mariners, she's you know, Luis Castillo is really good. Yeah, and, and, no. <laughs> and then uh, and Juan Soto obviously is great, mm-hmm. and and not that uh, not that Reynolds Reynolds isn't in their class, but he's a nice player. But right, you know, so. You would you would think then if you're going to do a trade, he's an all star. He you know it's on his it's on his resume. You would need to trade an all star kind of type prospect, a guy that you think is an all star. Okay, and I think the Rangers would be comfortable with doing that. You right. Know? Um, but do you want how many do you want to do? You know, and and so um, that's kind of the that's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, it just seems like it would be right now too too much. And again. As as you get closer to spring training, maybe the price comes down. Um, you, you just you just kind of have to wait and see. It's all fluid. And look, it's like I said at the at the top. It's Friday, right? And you've got by guys- the time by the time this hits the air, shit, the Rangers might have them, right? But currently, right now, this just isn't isn't this the case. And you've got reputable sources. You've got one that said this thing's all but done, and there's a third team, and then you got two sources you trust even more who are saying, I don't know where this is coming from. Yeah. I think you and I are both on the page of um, right now I would say no if I really had to be a betting yeah. man and lay down yeah. some money on it. You know, an interesting thing, before we get to before we get um, um, Bobby on here, the bullpen, I, would, I, don't, I think they're staying in-house right now. Someone brought up an interesting point as somebody that, that might be an arm in the bullpen that the Rangers already have 
and and uh, I, I thought about it, and, and it, what's his name that we got from Philly, the the uh, Howard Spencer Howard Spencer Howard, yeah. Um, he's got. I mean, this was a top. This was a top thirty prospect in all of baseball uh, back when he was with the Phillies. Yeah. He's got some great stuff. His problem seems to be yes, seeing a lineup more than once or twice, <laughs> but that might be a guy that could convert yeah. over to the bullpen. He's got the pitches well, and the stuff. Um, so, somebody who works for the Rangers pointed this out to me when I was asking about bullpen. Uh, Fangraphs did a did a story uh, not that long ago, and um, th- you know, Fangraphs how it does the projections, or it might have been at Zips, but they ha- they said that the Rangers go 16, 16 deep before they go before there's a player who would not be above replacement level and included in that group were Spencer Howard and Glenn Otto. And, you know, when, when you're, when you're a starter and you go to the bullpen, you can throw harder, mm-hmm. your stuff, your stuff plays better. And, and cause you know, you don't have to hold anything back, you know, right. you don't have six or you're seven not going to see this guy probably again. Yeah. And, and so you can, you can kind of let it eat a little bit and it's pretty interesting. I could see Glenn Otto, making this team as a, as a, as a reliever, Spencer Howard, potentially, you know, and we keep, we keep forgetting, at least I do about Kyle Cody. Yes. And I really think Kyle Cody has a chance to make, good make this in team. 2020. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, he's healthy. Uh, he pitched, he came back and pitched well for triple a round rock this, this year. So I, or last year, I guess we're in 2023 now. Um, I really think that Kyle Cody has a chance to make the team as a reliever. I think they can be patient on on bullpen arms because let's be honest, if that's your problem and that's your only problem, you can go out and get some bullpen help in the trade deadline. Well, and like we talked about on the last show, Leclerc and, and Hernandez will now be fully you know, healthy, six six months removed or you know, removed from the <clears throat> return from Tommy John surgery. So they'll be two years post Tommy John. So you know that's kind of when the command comes back and yep. everything. And it's the last um, thing. Yeah, you know, you know. You, the Rangers will probably pick up a reliever or two. It seems like they're starting to fly off the shelves a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, baseball wide. So still got Matt Moore dangling out there. They could reach out and grab one. And yeah, poor old Matt Moore, who it'd be great to have him back, but it sounds like he's, he's getting some bigger deals. Going to get a a, a nice little deal. And, you know, again, you know, the Rangers have spent a ton of money the last two years. There's going to be a point where Gray Davis says no more. Yeah. You got it. We've got it. We got to do it from within. Got to do it from within. And I think that, that the Rangers are probably more comfortable than maybe they should be or if the fans think they should be with the bullpen. Yep. Okay, look, let's get Bobby in here. Yeah. And then once Bobby's done, that'll be fun having Bobby in here, and then we'll go down in the bus leagues. All right. Bobby Wilson right after this. Joining us right now from Tampa, Florida, where he's home right now. He's actually doing some uh, drywall. I think he's hanging <laughs> it up. It's Texas Rangers catching coordinator at the big league level, Bobby Wilson. Bobby, what's going on, man? Oh, uh, not much. Just like you said, hanging some drywall, painting, uh, fixing up a home here in Tampa, and uh, I I have the itch. I'll tell you that much. I'm ready to get back to camp. Ready to get back to baseball. Because um, I'm going to be honest with you, I like doing this, but I'm not very good at it. So. <laughs> 
it's time to get back to, to what I'm good at. Well, you're, you're better than me. I can tell you that because uh, yesterday, <laughs> uh, I'm very, very proud of this. I changed two light bulbs. And, and I know it sounds crazy, but one of them was like super high and I had to have a special tool to do it. And the other one, I had to take a, take a cover off. A, it was over the shower and I had, I'd never done it before. And I got to tell you, I felt very accomplished. You know, I'm like my wife's the handy person yeah, in our house. Yeah. She, you should be embarrassed. Cause I watched a video where yeah, she changed out, she the changed garbage, out disposal. a garbage disposal. While I was at the damn national championship game. I had no idea what was going on. So if you need a partner, don't ask me. Ask That's her. That's impressive. It really is. You know, we can keep it in the Wilson, uh, Wilson and Wilson. I mean, I'll, yeah, Wilson, I'll be, Wilson. There you go. It'll be perfect. Just it won't be me. It'll be you and her. She made a video of it, and I, I texted her or I messaged her, and I was like, "You're making me look bad." Kathy wants me to be handy. Yeah, and no I'm chance. not. Mm-mm, no chance. That's what. Why they have handymen, that's you know? What, that's, that's what I pay people. And not, and not using them hurts the economy. Well, see, so, yeah. and Bobby, you, you own some rental property. I own a lot of rental property, too, so I know exactly what you're dealing with there. It is cheaper if you can do it yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We still spent a ton of money to do all this stuff, but, you know, it's it's a lot of work, time-consuming, but it's I, I enjoy it. So it's, it gives me something to do. It's a hobby. I like it. Um, and it uh, uh, gives me a break from, from my, my three kids, my three girls who are uh, – <laughs> Um, they didn't realize their dad was a professional Uber driver. So I have that as well in my bag, taking them to dance, taking them to school. So it gives me a little break from them as well to just kind of decompress. And, you know, really when I'm here, I think about baseball, you know, it's kind of what I think about. How can we make it better? How can we, how can we be better? How can we do better? What can we do? And, um, it's a, it's a, a thinking time for me. So what are the answers to all of your, all, all those questions? <laughs> yeah, now lay out your plan. <laughs> no, I, from, I mean from a catching perspective, with, with Jonah and and the, the defense, um, that Mitch, seems Mitch like it's, it's pretty solid. Garver on his way back, and then uh, of course there's Sam Huff, and I I don't think you're allowed to talk about Sandy Leone yet since it's not been made official by the club. So we'll just stick with those three. How how do you view the Rangers catching situation? Well, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about getting Mitch back. He he seems to be uh, healthy. He'll come into camp ready to go. Um, you know, he's been sending me videos. We've been talking. Um, so I'm excited to get him back healthy for a full season. Um, you know, Sam Huff's made some big strides. Um, I saw the Sandy Leon thing yesterday on uh, uh, MLB Network. So um, that's kind of how I got my breaking news on that. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously our mainstay with Jonah is uh, excited about him. Like super excited about him and kind of like we did with Trevino the year before, like the goals are a little bit higher, you know, the mm-hmm. goals aren't, Hey, let's just get to, uh, through the season as we did in the first year. Then the second, then last year is, you know, okay, let's get to a hundred games. Now the expectations are, Hey, like I expect you to win a gold glove. Like I expect you to be one of the premier catchers in the game. Um, and for him, it's going to be the the leadership because the skill sets there, you know, six, four, uh, switch hitting catcher that's really good defensively. Um, you know, the sky's the limit for him. So with our new staff coming in, like he's going to have to take the ball by the horns here and, and truly be the leader that we need him to be. Yeah. And I, you and I've talked about this a lot, but, and you know, c- catching isn't just catching the ball. It's, it's you, the biggest, how, how is, is it 50%? Is it 75%? working with the pitchers and building that relationship. How important is that to the, to the job? 
Yeah, that's our number one pillar, right? So we have four pillars set up. The pitcher-catch relationship is the number one pillar for us. It will always be the number one for me because getting the most out of your pitchers is part of our job and making sure that we're all on the same page and we're, we're, we're in this together. We're taking care of them. We understand how they're feeling is the most important part of what we do. So that will forever be my number one. Um, and again, Jonah's made huge strides in it. Mitch does a really good job at it. Um, Sam Huff's made huge strides. I know Sandy Leone. Um, I can't talk about it, but um, <laughs> you, know, you know, he's obviously been with some some uh, uh, really really good teams, and and I know what he brings to the table. So I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, we got a whole new staff to learn, so it's going to be uh, um, warp speed once we get to camp because we got to learn these guys fast so we get on the same page with them. Um, and again, we have to make sure that we're in the right position for them because the last thing I want to hear is, is the guys that we brought in barking at me or barking at the catchers because you're not in the right spot. Like it's unacceptable. And that's going to be uh, priority number one when we get to camp is breaking these guys down, understanding what makes them tick. And then, you know, obviously um, getting into the battle with them. You you, you mentioned Mitch and, and is he, it sounds like he's throwing. I mean, is, is that, is that, a good update. What's that? Is, is Mitch throwing? Yes. Yeah. He's throwing. Yeah. He'll, he, he should be, uh, obviously we're going to be careful with him. Make sure he's a hundred percent once we get our, our hands on him, but all the reports look good. Updates look good. So yeah, I mean, he should be ready to go. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's, he's known more for his bad, I guess. Um, but how, you know, is, is it going to be a, an even split behind the plate? Is it, how, how do you see the, the playing time shaking down with, with Jonah and Mitch? Because Mitch can also DH. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and with Mitch, you know, I think the most games he's caught is about 85 in a season. So again, being cautious with them at the end of the year last year, we wanted to be cautious with them. Um, and, and at the end, at the beginning of last year, you know, Jonah wasn't expected to catch over a hundred games and he wound up right. catching what 110 games last year. So, um, you know, you always go into the season with a, a plan kind of written down, but as you know, you kind of take punches and you better figure out, uh, you know, how to counter punch it fast. So um, we'll have all our guys ready to catch a hundred games. Like that's the goal. That's the goal for our minor league system is, Hey, we want these guys to catch 80 to a hundred games because you never know when it's going to be your time and you better be ready. Um, we kind of signed with, saw with Jonah last year, kind of slowed down a little bit towards the end. And challenging him this offseason was, hey, you got to be ready to catch 100 games. And his response is, no, I'm going to be ready to catch 130 games, 140 games. And I said, yeah, that's that's I like that goal better because we go to a uh, a World Series. That's what you're going to need. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, Sam, um, kind of, you've taken him under your wing. Uh, he, you know, we there's a lot of lot of stuff out there about how how much he leans on you and admires you. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing, and I don't know this as I'm talked to him for a while. It seems like he's might be getting frustrated. He's right. He's right here. He's right on the cusp, but then he's got a couple guys ahead of him. So what, what do you, what do you tell Sam in the, in a situation like this? Yeah, he's definitely been frustrated. Um, I felt that, um, and it hurts me. It probably hurts me more than it hurts him because I want him to be the superstar that I think he could be. Um, and just like you said, as much time as, as I've invested in Sam, um, I, baseball's baseball's kind of out of the question. I just want Sam to be happy. Um, yeah. I, I really do. I look at Sam as a son. Um, <laughs> when he hurts, I hurt. And 
it is frustrating because, like you said, he is on that cusp, but he knows we've had this conversation. If you want it, you got to go take it. You know, nobody's going to hand it to you. Um, nobody cares what you did the, the year before. And, and in all reality, nobody really cares about your feelings in this game. It's like <laughs> you have to produce, you have to man up, and you have to take the job. And I think that when we get to camp, we're going to see that. We're going to see Sam Huffby uh, uh, hungry to go to go win a job. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I could with Mitch's injury, it seems conceivable that there's a spot for a third catcher at least early in the season on the team. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't know if, if if that is is in the works or not. But there's opportunity there, I, I would think, especially with God, Sam hits the ball so far. <laughs> he, he's such a, he's just such a, he's. Like you said, if he if he reaches his potential, he's an all star. I mean, he's a superstar. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you watch him hit balls in batting practice, and it, it looks like a, a golf ball coming off. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. he's hitting, you know, one irons, and and it, I mean, it's it's <clears throat> unbelievable. But you know, there was a lot of swing and miss. There was a lot of strikeouts. Trying to trying to um, you know dwindle that down a little bit just to make some more contact because when he does make contact, it does go a long way. And, uh, you know, one of our leaders in exit velocity when it did go forward. So um, there's there's so much potential there. And that's what that's what all of us are. We're just waiting for it. And it's it's going to be one day he's going to show up. It's going to click. And then, you know, the rest is going to be history. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what about further down in the system? Because I know you don't just look at the big league guys. One, one guy that we had on the show uh, who's I think is pretty intriguing is Cody Freeman, and he hasn't been doing this very long. But what what do you think about Cody? Yeah, so um, Cody's obviously converted infielder. Um, the one thing that we that I see with Cody is he wants to do it. Um, he's excited about it. Um, he was actually just uh, with Trevino in uh, San Antonio, um, so I got some videos from them. Um, but. Yeah, it's, it's intriguing. The offense looks good. Um, there's still some strides he has to make, which mm-hmm. understandably for a converted infielder to catching, it's not an easy position to convert to. Um, he went to the fall league last year, made some good strides there, um, caught some good arms. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of upside there. Um, but, again, it's a tough position. And for him, it's going to be a matter of he only caught 40 games last year, I believe. Yeah. So. Um, and kind of bounced, you know, back to infield, to catching. So um, kind of one of my recommendations was like, hey, like we need to have this guy catch. If we think that he's a possibility to be a catcher um, and we feel that that's where his value is going to be, like he needs to catch 80 games. He needs to catch 100 games. Um, and that was kind of the, the program that was laid out for me as a young player was when you're in the minor leagues, you got to catch 100 games a year. Yeah. And again, it was to see, can you do it? Right? Can you handle this the the wear and tear? But, um, you know, also like to get a gain experience. You can't gain experience if you don't play. So, you know, I would like to see him catch more in the minor leagues, so we truly know what we have. Um, and again, that's been my recommendation. We'll see how that goes moving forward. All right. Yeah. Um. So you talked about the excitement and the new pitching staff. I mean. How, how do you how do you see this club seriously? I, mean, I know they're still a working, they're still working on the roster, trying to make some additions. But um, man, it looks pretty good on on paper. It looks real good. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's very exciting. The you know what the the one thing that I'm excited about is getting veteran players in the clubhouse. Over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of young players. Um, I'm excited about Ivaldi. I've heard great things about him. Um, I played with Odorizzi, um, so I know how he operates. I'm just excited to see the players start to take charge of the clubhouse and to say, hey, like, uh, you know, this isn't good enough or we need to do this and set the example, set the standards. Because um, as coaches, you can only say so much, you know, but when, when it's peer-to-peer and, and the pressure's on, to do things the right way, how you act, how you go about your business, how you work, how you prepare. Um, I think that's what I'm the most excited for, bringing in a veteran pitching staff um, because they're going to do their work because they know what it takes to, you know, to win at the, at the highest level and be great at the highest level. So um, yes, the arms are excited. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped about that. Um, It's going to be a lot of work our first couple of weeks getting to know them. But um, like I said, that veteran presence in the clubhouse, um, that's that's probably the most exciting thing for me. Um, yeah, so Odorizzi, you played with Martin Perez. You, you caught. Is, is that yep. is that weird? Is that weird now being their coach? Uh, not really, because it's still the same relationship, right? That relationship they, the relationship we had was someone who cared about them, somebody who wanted to take care of them, and I don't think that relationship changes uh, whether you're a player or a coach because. They're still my friends. Um, I can still have honest conversations with them um, and have truthful conversations. And sometimes it hurts to have those conversations, but yeah. you know we can have them and we can have a conversation because they know that I'm coming from the same place I did as a player to where I, I care about you. I want you to be the best. I want you to make the most money. Um, you know, so it's not it's it is weird because you know sometimes they look at me as a player and like, hey, let's go to dinner, let's go do this, and I can't, I can't really do that anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as far as our relationship at the ballpark, it's you know, I love those guys. I would do anything for those guys. I think those guys know that, um, and that's kind of where our relationship is at. We, you know, when when people look at your background, um, you were you were raised in the raised in the angel system. And everybody knows who their manager was and what position he played. Um, how how hard was being a catcher for Mike Sosha? <laughs> that's that's a great question. Uh, it was <laughs> extremely hard. It was very hard because it demands the uh, uh, everything you did was under a microscope. Yeah. But at the same time, if it wasn't for Mike Sosha, I wouldn't be where I was or where I am today. Where I where I went? Uh, how many years I played? If it, and still to this day, people always ask me, Hey, what, what about Mike Sosha? What, you know, what do you got for me? You know, what did he do? What was his system? And I'm going to be honest with you. Our system is set up very similar to the way Mike Sosha's system was set up for the catchers. The demand is high. The pitcher catcher relationship is high. Um, you know, the way you go about your work, the way you go about your business is, is, is very similar. And the attention to detail that Mike had for us is the same that I give to our players because I know it works as as uh, through my history as a player who, to be very honest, wasn't very good, but did a lot of little things right. And that's what extended my playing career. That's what I try to give to these guys. Yeah, we all want to be, uh, you know, Yadi or Molina. But the, the reality of it is that there's only one Yadi Molina. You know, I mean, there's only, you yeah. know, one or two superstars in the game that can get away with certain things. But for most guys, you have to be very precise with everything you do. And that attention to detail is something that we we 
we pay, you know, we pay really, really close attention to all that stuff because it's important. It makes a difference in a win and a loss. And I want to make sure that I give our guys exactly what Sosha gave me. So like I said, I'm up for, I'm forever grateful for what Mike Sosha did for me, what he taught me. But again, it was extremely hard to play for him <laughs> because if you did something wrong, he might not talk to you for a few days. And that, that hurts worse <laughs> than if he just would yell at you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the disappointment. I, I, Mike, can you just yell at me and get it over with? I don't like the, the, disapp- the disappointment uh, guilt trip here. So you don't you don't lay any guilt trips on uh, on, on Jonah or Sam. You're you're, you're you go no. out a little differently. <laughs> I, I'm straight up. Well, I tell them straight away because I, I it ate me up when Mike did that to me, and I, and I told them I was like, hey, if I have an issue, I have something going on, I'm gonna tell you right away because I can't play this. I'm gonna be quiet. <laughs> not you, not know us. So I I tell them right away because. Like I said, that hurt, man. It's, it's your parents. Like, I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to yell at you, but I'm really disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was kind of the, the play. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm done with, with my line of questioning. I'll butt in here. But, but John, John kind of goes a little more fun, a little, more, a little lighter than my hardcore under the microscope questions that Heck I yeah. just laid on you. So Heck, yeah. We come from the fun side on this side. <laughs> He's already thrown you the high inside heat. Now we That's get right. to lob some softballs about, up. About 68 miles an hour. About six, yeah, the EFAS ball is coming right now. So, all right, you, you grew up in Seminole, Florida. You went to Seminole High School, right? Did you play any other sports when you were growing up? I played every sport. Um, through I high school? football in high school. Yeah, I played football through high school, uh, football and baseball. But I played, you know, I played everything. I honestly did. When I was growing up, I played basketball, soccer. Uh, obviously baseball, football. Um, I mean, I put, messed around with tennis. I did. I, I tried to do everything. I golfed when I was younger. Um, so yeah, I did everything that I possibly could. What did you play in football? I was a linebacker and a tight end. I can see that. And then I, like- I got, I got, I got a little bit later in my high school career and I realized, you know what? I'm, I'm a, a six foot, 240 pound, uh, a guy who can't run. This probably is not going to be the profession for me. So that's kind of when I switched over to baseball uh, full time. So you, you were no Jeff Mathis. I was not Jeff Mathis. No, nor Joel Maurer. I was not that guy. There you go. Uh, so, I just, I just like the, I like getting hit. You know what I mean? I like hitting. I like getting hit. I like the contact. But I'll tell you what, the football was great for the discipline. Um, and that's what I tell a lot of our guys, like just, the football discipline, the lining up, being able to stay still, run a play, like it's uh it was important in my development for sure. Yeah. I I I played football and baseball growing up too. I I, I like multiple athlete multiple sport athletes. I think it it's good. I I understand people that do it year round and all of that. Yeah, but, but it's uh, fun to break it up and do something else. You know, um Greg Maddox and, and Mike Maddox are big believers that you gotta play all the sports. I do too. And it it 'cause and I've heard this, Bobby, you, you probably know it too. But I've Heard this from uh, hitting coaches that that guys who've played baseball year round and have specialized. You, you bring them in and you try to teach them how to do something. They can't do it because yeah. they don't have the mu- the the muscles from other sports to do it. So I my, my son is going to be like Bobby Wilson and play whatever he wants as much as he can. Terrible fun. That's right. Yeah. Okay, you went to St. Petersburg College. I know that you were that you were scouted out of high school. Any other schools? Did you have a chance to go anywhere else? That you committed there and played there. Was there anywhere else that was looking at you? Yeah, so uh, uh, I, I committed to Old Miss out of high school. 
Um, but again, with our, our financial uh, um, problems that we had, we, you know, going to a, a, a university really was going to, going to set us back. So um, my dad and I kind of made a decision. St. Pete was local. I could stay home. Um, and I had a full ride to go to St. Pete junior college. So I went there for uh, two years. After that, I committed to uh, LSU. I was going to go there. Uh, but then the uh, uh, Tom Kotsman, when was the scout that uh, signed me or drafted me, then signed me, was going to be the manager in um, uh, rookie ball. Um, I played with Dick Kotsman all through Little League, all through high school, we graduated high school together. So instead of going to LSU, I signed with the Angels. Um, I knew it was going to be a good fit for me. I knew that Koch was going to take care of me. Um, you know, and it's and then you know the rest is history. Seventeen years later, I I retired from playing. Yeah. Okay. So now let me ask you this: You were drafted twice. You actually got drafted out of high school in the twenty sixth round by the Giants. Uh, later for by the Angels from St. Pete from college. It's not like today. You don't go to New York, sit there, and look all pretty and do that. How did you find out you'd been drafted? I mean, I always think that's fun. Where were you, and how did you find out? Yeah, so it's actually a pretty funny story. So um, we had six guys drafted off my high school team. We had two first-rounders, a sixth-rounder, a ninth-rounder, a 15th-rounder, and I was the last one selected (laughs) off that team in the 26th round by the San Francisco Giants. Um, and, and all I, the information I got pre-draft was, Hey, you know, you could be a top 10 pick or top 10 round pick, you know, be ready that first day, you know, to get a phone call. Um, you know, so didn't get a phone call that day. Right. So obviously very disappointed. Um, so then you go into day two and I remember sleeping. My dad woke me up and said, Hey, uh, I just got a call from the San Francisco giants. Uh, you got drafted. I said, Oh, that's great. What am I going to do? You know? And they're like, ah, you know, we're, we're not going to sign you at that point. They had draft follows where they could draft you. Yeah. Then you'd go play the, a year in college to see how you, you would do. Um, so they're like, we're not going to, we're not offering you any money or anything. We just want to draft you. We're going to follow you. You know, we know you're going to go to junior college. We'll follow you for a year. And then we'll make a decision pre-draft whether we want to sign you or we'll just release you to go back into the draft. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went and played. Played okay, had a decent year, not a great year. They decided, now nah, you know, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna sign you. Um, so I go back in the draft. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting to get drafted. Um, day two comes around, forty eighth round, which they don't have anymore. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, Tom Cot. They, they don't have that round anymore. Tom Kochman calls my dad. He says, "Hey, do you want me to draft Bobby?" My dad comes to me. He says, uh, "Koch said he wants to draft you. What do you think?" And I was like, Dad, I don't really give a shit at this point. I just want to go to college, <laughs> enjoy it. We'll see what happens from there. Um, I, I'm over this whole baseball draft and all this. You know, I, I expect, you know, you see all your friends. Like I said, I had five guys drafted before me that were all in Pro Bowl. Right. You know, a couple of them got multi million dollar deals. Um, you know, the other guys are driving around these nice cars, and you're like, wait a minute, I was better than these guys in high school. And, and you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, scratching pennies together at junior college so i was like whatever he wants to do so he wind up taking me um and then i went off my sophomore year i was the uh, florida junior college player of the year um went off i was supposed to be top five round uh pick this time but again since Koch drafted me he gave me the option he said hey listen we're going to give you x amount of money to sign 
And it just kind of lined up perfect for me to where I was like, didn't even negotiate the contract said, yeah, I'm, I'm in coach. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I knew who the manager was at that time. Yeah. You know, I knew coach was going to take care of me. Um, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then, you know, obviously I had to tell LSU, like uh, I signed, I'm not going to attend school. Um, and then jumped into uh, uh, pro ball. That's awesome. It's, it's fun to do that. Now, yeah. now, so you make your major league debut April 28th, 2008. Now, did you make the team coming out of spring training or did you get a call up? Cause I love this story. How do you find out you're going to the big leagues? <laughs> this is a good one too. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, I didn't make the team out of spring training. It was 2008. Uh, so I was in Salt Lake city. Um, and I remember I was, I was uh, living in a house with, uh, I think four or five other guys and, and wives and girlfriends. Um, and I was actually downstairs and I was sleeping and downstairs in the place that we, uh, we rented, there was very little service down there. So, uh, obviously our manager at the time was calling, 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 couldn't get a hold of me. So he called my roommates. So my roommates come down and they start banging on the door. It's, it's, you know, midnight. Uh, and, and I'm, I get up and I'm kind of looking around, I'm, I'm, you know, what the heck's going on? What, what's going on? What, is there a fire? What do we got going They're like, Bobby, it, did you, your, your phone, check your phone. And I'm like, check my phone. Like nothing's happened. There's no, there's nothing on there. He goes, well, you know, uh, I believe it was Bobby Mitchell at the time. He was, Mitch just called me, said to call him. So I called Mitch and it's like, Hey, you're, uh, you're going to go to the big leagues. Nice. So it was a straight scramble. Um, how did it flew to Anaheim that day? Um, you know, early flight out, I get to the ballpark and mind you, I'm catching full time at this point. Mike social is like, Hey, you know, uh, uh, Figgy's a little banged up at third. Like I need you to take some ground balls over there. <laughs> so I get to the ballpark. Today. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm, I haven't taken ground balls since a ball. So I'm taking ground balls at third base and Sosha's hitting them to me. And he's hitting balls to my left, to my right. I'm diving all over the place. I got dirt up and down my uniform. And Oakland A's are sitting there. They're stretching in left field, and they are just laughing at me. <laughs> so I'm, like, going all out. I'm, like, I'm in the big leagues. I'm, I got to stay there. I, I mean, and it was just uh, a whirlwind of a day. I, I wind up getting in that that night, got my first big league hit off of Dallas Braden, um, and then uh, got sent down the next day. So, I, you know, I led the big leagues in hitting. I went one for one. That's right. That's I was right. A thousand for the next five months. Yeah, I led the big <laughs> leagues in hitting for four or five months. So, uh, but then I got some at bats in September when I was recalled and back to reality. <laughs> well, this is going to be a fun one. I'm a, we, we've got. I always have a lot of these things, but we can get you back on here another time. I know you got to get back to work on the house there, but this is a fun one. You got an interesting situation. You were traded in the same year within a month, twice by the Rangers, you get traded to Detroit. And then guys, I'm serious. Like 34 days later, you get traded back. How do you find out about this? What, tell us that scenario. You get traded to Detroit and then you come back like in a month. Yeah. So I think that's a record, right? It's gotta be. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's still an MLB record traded between the same two teams twice. Um, but I'll tell you, that I'll just give you the whole rundown of the story. So John Daniels called me in the office. Um, we were in, uh, uh, who were we playing? Uh, I think we were at, uh, it was either the White Sox or the Dodgers. I forget what stadium that is. But we're playing there. 
And John Daniels calls me in the office after a spring training game. It's like the last day of spring training. I shipped my right. car to Arlington already. I killed it in spring. I'm like, I'm making this team, no doubt. I'm walking by Beltre, Elvis. are like, hey, man, congratulations. So I walk into this office and I'm pumped. I'm like, all right, he's going to tell me I made the team. And, and, you know, off to Arlington we go. I think we had a team flight that next day. Right. So I'm, I'm jazzed. I'm, you know, I'm getting my family like, Hey, we're, let's go. We're going to Arlington. Let's get ready. And they call and he calls me in. He says, Hey, uh, uh, we just traded you to Detroit. I said, we need to trade me to Detroit. And I, I'll never, I never let JD live this down. I never let it live down. I mean, I told him, I got my family. I shipped my car already. We're leaving on the, on the bird to go to Texas tomorrow. And you trade me to Detroit. I said, well, why? He's like, well, you know, we got uh, uh, Brian Holiday, um, you know, who Doc at that time had a huge spring training as well. They said, yeah, we traded you. So I remember I flew back to Florida, flew to Tampa. I was pissed off. Then they said, hey, we want you to go uh, to Lakeland for a day and catch uh, Michael Fulmer. He's going to throw in the backfields. We want you to go catch him. Then you're going to go to Toledo. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I mean, so I went to Lakeland, caught yeah. Michael Fulmer in a backfield, no jersey, a T-shirt. Uh, they gave me a pair of pants. I was way too tight. Um, and I'm like, okay, this is back to reality. Go to Toledo. I played one game in Toledo, got called up to Detroit. Uh, James McCann got hurt. Um, and then uh, I remember we had an off day in Cleveland. And GM there called me and goes, hey, Bob, what are you doing? I said, I'm just uh, uh, walking around in, in Cleveland. What's up? He goes, uh, well, we just traded you back to Texas. Um you know, we were going to designate you at that point because McCann's coming back healthy. But Trinos got hurt, and you're going to go to Texas. So I was like, all right, here we go. So, you know, <laughs> get jump on the bird, fly to uh, uh, Toronto. Toronto. Um, yeah. The best part is three days, we play Detroit, and I hit a grand slam on Mother's Day against Detroit, against the guys I was just playing with. So it was, uh, it was quite a whirlwind of uh, uh, 34 days. But, again, it's a great story, and, and – um, you know, I, I am grateful for it because I'm a great people in Detroit. Um, and then I returned to Detroit to end my career. So um, oh, it was crazy, but uh, it was fun. Now, I, re- I remember this very specifically because I was I was running. I was I was out doing my my little my little afternoon run. I didn't do it in the morning, which always comes back to bite you. Yeah. So I was out running and I uh, got a text message that that you'd been traded and it pissed me off. Not because it it, it, inter- it interfered with my uh, run, but I just thought it was inherently unfair. Because you're right. Because the next day we were we're leaving, we're breaking camp, and uh, I was I was hot, and I I gave I let JD know that too, and uh, and then and then I do also remember when you came back and we were in Detroit and you hit the grand slam and you were like fired up because you were because they had traded you and you were you were you had a little bit of a, a little bit of the red ass for them too so i remember it all very vividly bobby wilson very vividly yeah yeah i did too but you know what i was excited to be back in texas I, I, and i tell you I, of all the places i played i love texas um i love the atmosphere i love the people like and when i got done playing texas is really the place i wanted to be mm-hmm. yeah huh? well it's been great and getting to know you. You're always so friendly when you're coming out there when they're doing batting practice, all of that. So when we heard you're coming on, I was excited. I was like, I bet Bobby's going to be fun. We're going to get you on here again when the season maybe on a day. We'll get him in studio here. Yeah, come in, come studio. in studio and we'll go get some barbecue or something and have some lunch. 
Oh, I love that. All right. Anytime well, you talk it. about food, I'm in. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about food. That's my other things we're doing. Nice. Well, well, Bobby, get back to work because I, I have a feeling here in the next week or two, you're going to be moving back out to uh, Arizona here. Get things going. We really appreciate you coming on, bud. Yeah, thank you guys so much. This was a blast. I appreciate it. All right, that's Bobby Wilson, catching coordinator. When we come back after this, guys, we're going to go down in the bus leagues. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, guys. Big thanks to Bobby Wilson for joining us from uh, Tampa, where he's doing a little uh, hammering and nail in there. Yeah, he's, he's to get a that DYI one. guy. Wasn't uh, CJ Nikowski's a DYI, DYI yeah. guy? He when we had him on, he revealed and that. Jennifer Wilson is Jennifer a, Wilson is a DYI. And my, you know, we're we're trying to hide that video from Kathy Moore, <laughs> who is going to then expect me to do more. But let's go down in the bus leagues just yeah, real, real quick. quick. We can get yeah. this over pretty quick. Uh, we got Owen White and we got Wynn up here. Yeah. Um, two guys that, well, he he needs to keep what he was doing going on into the into the spring, and he <clears> needs <throat> to rebound, and I think some time off will get him going, but let's well, talk. Well, to, to that end, there, uh, there, there is a, pit, a pitching mini camp in Arizona. Coming this um, week, right? There's some guys who are on the 40-man who had to get uh, – you have the Rangers had to get permission for 40-man guy to do it. Colin's one of them, so – uh, it, it basically they they use these they they did it last year, uh, but they did the mini camp just to kind of get a progress on where they are in their build up and kind of monitor them and and get them on a schedule or keep them on schedule or slow them down whatever you got to do. <clears throat> yeah, I mean these are the these are it's a it's a bigger group than these hitting mini camps they've had, uh, and 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 it's the top I mean it's the top guys you know it's it's you 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 name a pitching prospect and and they're yep. there so yep. uh that that's. That's uh, something that's going. That's going to be in Arizona, right? Yeah, and then um, um, Sunday, the fifteenth. So uh, by the time this is released, um, or maybe a little bit after, it's the international signing period opens. You know, it used to be July, July two. Now it's Jan fifteen. Uh, the Rangers are uh, um, going to be going to be busy. They have agreements with guys. You know, one of them's Guerrero's son, isn't it? Pablo Guerrero, Guerrero. Jr., um, who is. Vladimir Guerrero's son and Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s younger brother. I understand how you can have Pablo Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Pablo Guerrero Jr. How can you have two juniors? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. You know, the as was, I asked this question, and as, as was pointed out to me, the Padres have a guy from the Dominican in their system whose name is Henry Henry. So. You know, uh, there's there's some things there. You know, you, you just you just kind of roll with the flow in the when it's in the Dominican. Um, he so so Pablo is is fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, he's sixteen. He's he's uh, uh, built a lot like his brother. Um, is probably going to end up similar first baseman right now. He's a corner outfielder, uh, left-handed. I think the Rangers the Rangers hope he hits like his older brother, uh, and you know even his dad. But right right now he's not as polished as as Vlad Jr. So I don't know that he's going to be in the majors at age nineteen or twenty, whatever Vlad Jr. was. But 
uh, it's pretty pretty interesting name. Yeah, yeah absolutely. To, to see out there, and, and there's the 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 big ones from the Bahamas, shortstop from the Bahamas. They've got their uh, got their hands on a, a corner outfielder who who's twenty going to be twenty five, who's who played professionally in Cuba. Um, they got to deal with him, uh, so you know it's good. You know, and the Rangers have have done. Yeah, you kind of look back at their time in the Dominican, you know, before, before the, for the salary cap or, you know, the budgets were imposed by MLB, you know, the Rangers just spending money left and right and right. no Marmazara and, and Ronald Guzman and, uh, um, just so they, they've, they've definitely had some success with, with yeah. guys down there, old Jairo Barris and the, the mysterious, uh, birth certificate and, uh, Outfielder is he a pitcher now? Or? Yeah, I don't even know what he's doing, but uh, he's not with the Rangers anymore. No, no, he's so, not. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so that's happening too. So there 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 is some stuff going on in in the minor leagues. You know the uh, the coaching staff uh, for the minor league coaching staffs at at each affiliate are, are probably due here uh, maybe before our next episode. Uh, and, and if that's the case, um, we can talk about that next time. But right. you know the Rangers had vacancies at double uh, a frisco and triple a round rock on the pitching coaches uh josh zeed has been reportedly reportedly is going to be the double a uh pitching coach the rangers haven't confirmed that yet but a former major league pitcher so um anyway things are in motion i mean yeah. you know it's january uh today's the 13th friday the 13th hey holy cow yeah um but um maybe that explains our traffic issues getting here today yeah we had some traffic but anyway um I mean, spring training, the Rangers uh, report first workout and, is the fifteenth. Yeah, we're coming up I mean, in we're, a month. We're we're getting there. They're, they're, and, and they're it's going to be pitchers and catchers. It, it's happening. You know, they started the the winter caravan. They had a couple stops uh, Thursday McKinney, night. Yeah, McKinney last night. Sherman and McKinney, and and they're going to be more uh, you know, hitting the Metroplex uh, next next week on the eighteenth. And then you have the the winter caravan on the twenty eighth, and then right. after the winter caravan, it's like a blur. You just go right into spring training, right and. Um, yeah, it's it's honest, man. You know, Bobby Wilson said he's getting excited. He can't wait. He's got the got the baseball fever. So yeah, um, you know, but, and, they, and you got to think too when when people start talking about Brian Reynolds and some of these guys maybe getting moved. Rangers have the number four pick. Um, yeah, there's going to be another top 100 prospect probably heading into this organization. <laughs> yeah, unless they pull the rocker deal and try to <laughs> cash in twice, which is very unlikely. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's that was an anomaly, uh, but right. so they're they've got the pick to to add another, sure, very good sure. player. Sure, yeah, and that that came down at the winter meetings, the draft, the first ever draft lottery. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, anyway, um, anyway, yeah, excitement's you know I'm you know TCU, God bless them. You know the football season's over. Wow, and, I was pulling for them. And now I, I can uh, I can start focusing a little bit more on Rangers, and uh, I mean I'm going to spring training. You're going to spring training. Uh, I think Joel's going to go to spring training. So we'll have some we'll, some of our Spanish-speaking stuff. Yeah. Uh, we'll have him do some interviews with some of these guys that speak Spanish. So it's going to be good times. and That's when I become a cameraman. Everything's everything's getting uh, – we're getting getting there, building momentum. So you don't want to miss anything. So subscribe this to Rangers a, today. This is going to be a fun year, guys. Yeah, rangersday.com, $5.99 a month, 35 for 6 and 60 for the whole year. Um Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. We're up. We're over twelve hundred subscribers right now. now. Our yeah. followers, and keep you going up. Um, we keep going up, and the more it goes up, the more the more money we have to do stuff like eat, eat and, eat, uh, and, and, and feed, feed children, keep, keep clothes on our bodies, <clears throat> and 
travel the games. Absolutely. So, um, anyway, thanks for everybody's support. But uh, again, hop in now because we're cheap and we're good. And it's and and this is the season. This may be. Look, what happened with Frogs today jumped in on a season that became fantastic. Yeah. Honestly, Jacob deGrom, Heaney, you got Seeger, Simeon. This may be the year to jump in on this. Yeah. Where we're got, we've got access to the field. We're, we're having a meeting with some, some guys Monday that we're going to find out about spring yeah. training yeah. and all of that and, and all the access we'll have there. This is the time to jump in, guys. It's going to be good content. And you know, if you reach out and ask me a question or do anything, I respond. And Jeff tries to also. He's got... Uh, he's more busy. He's writing all the time, but I'll get questions answered. So, guys, anything else? No. Let's get out of here. Till next week, folks, we'll see you at the yard. Roxo Media House.